Hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life uh, doing another lecture for season 13. This is going to be season 13 episode, I think it's 6, because we started off with personal sovereignty, uh, then after that we did uh, like just an overview, right? And then after that we looked at the uh, mature masculine and then the uh, mature feminine, sacred feminine, or well, the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine, etc., we looked at the way of the human being, and then we also looked at uh, the first archetype of the mature masculine, which is the king. And today, for episode 6 of season 13, talking about personal sovereignty, we're going to be talking about the queen archetype, which is the first archetype of the mature feminine. And oftentimes, this is the uh, archetype that I get the most criticism about when I talk about it, because the other four archetypes of the mature feminine are kind of a given at least by a lot of people's standards but the queen part it's just it's the it's the least uh, understood although i could argue that the third archetype known as the wise woman etc is probably the most un misunderstood because there are more fools than wise uh, people especially among women for the most part but it's kind of debatable. It's because a lot of women just don't really understand their role in terms of the feminine. Uh, and that's because of the mixed messages that women have been getting uh, from, you know, from feminism, etc. As well as the mixed messages that they've been getting from patriarchy. Uh, both systems are basically, they're basically a failure and they're not something that is really conducive or helpful uh, to women as we know it. So anyway... Uh, to begin, uh, let's talk about uh, what the what the sacred feminine is one more time. So remember, the sacred feminine is the uh, is the pliable. It's the it's the yin for the yang. You know, the yang is more rigid. It's more um, it's it's more masculine. Uh, the yin, however, is more pliable. It's soft. Uh, it's able to adapt to the moment. Uh, a lot of people say that chaos is attached to it, and. Uh, but in terms of priorities, the sacred feminine really prioritizes the little things of life because it's just trying to revel in life. It's like revelry, basically. And it just keeps the, the water of life flowing. Everything is in movement. Everything is in constant change. Everything is moving. And that allows the feminine to focus on the little things of life and less, uh, as such, on the big things of life. <coughs> Although the little things of life are not any less important than the big things of life. For example, a diamond that I would give a woman and say, hey, I want you to be my queen because the diamond basically, you know, in a ring is kind of like her crown, as it were. And uh, it's very precious. Uh, the diamond is the most precious substance on the earth. Uh, you know, physical something. It's also made of carbon. It's kind of interesting that human beings are also made of carbon as well. And yet human beings are fundamentally and inherently flawed in the same way that diamonds are as well. And diamonds, like human beings, have to go through a lot of heat, pain, and suffering in order to become a diamond, basically. And human beings, it's no different. And the queen archetype really, really exemplifies this because the queen is basically, they're, they're basically jewels, uh, jewels to be worn by uh, and adorned by their king, as it were, because queens are chosen and they are chosen by their king, as it were. So uh, why are they chosen? Well, oftentimes a lot of queens would have, you know, hereditary inheritances in terms of inheriting kingdoms, etc., 
But for the most part, queens were actually chosen. And an example of this would be King Xerxes uh, choosing Queen Esther after Queen Vashti disrespected him. And uh, he got rid of Queen Vashti, tossed her into the dumpster, basically. And uh, he got super, super depressed because he loved Vashti. He loved Vashti very much, but she disrespected him in front of all of his friends and dignitaries and kingdoms. So he had to make the decision. He was forced to make a decision. Fourth law of power, uh, and I quote, uh, so much depends on reputation, guard it with your life. And if he allowed her to disrespect him in such a public manner in the way that she did, even though he didn't deserve the respect, because let's be honest, the dude was drunk and an absolute moron when that happened, but the queen is to be respectful regardless of whether or not, how, whether or not the king's behavior uh, it deserves it. Something for women to be understanding towards. Respect your king. Respect your man. Even if he doesn't deserve it. Because the same standard goes towards your men. They are to be loving towards you even if you do not deserve it. That's the point. So that basically means if any man is complaining about you being disrespectful, you probably should listen to him. Conversely, uh, men, if your women are uh, uh claiming that you're being unloving, you should probably listen to them. That is the standard by which we can hold each other within our genders, within our relationships. That is the standard. Respectfulness versus lovingness. Are you providing either one? Are you providing both? If you're not, then there isn't really much of a relationship, and then, and then that's it. So make sure that you're going out of your way to be respectful to your men and being loving to your women. There is no other way to live this life because that is the standard. It is not good enough for a woman to say, I love you, to a man, as we have explored already in the How Do Intimate Relationships Actually Work playlist here on YouTube and on the podcast, right? So what does that mean? So queens queens are chosen, and they are chosen by kings. Uh, why are they chosen? Well, they're chosen because they're the most beautiful women in the land. They're chosen because they are humble. They are chosen because they are respectful. They are chosen uh, because... They come from nobility, basically. Uh, so that's why, you know, uh, children gain their names from their fathers because they gain their identity from their fathers. They do not gain their identity from their mothers. They gain their identity from their fathers. That's why when they're, when we have this fatherless generation, people are constantly wondering who they are and where they come from. It's because there's just a giant hole inside and it's like, who am I? They don't even know who they are because their father is gone. And that's not a hole that their mother could ever fill because the mother is to be the life giver, whereas the father is to be the identity giver, uh, you know, the source of the yang for the child instead of the yin in terms of the mother, basically. So with that, with that understood, uh, you really have to position yourself for greatness. So why is that important? Order determines outcome. If you want a good outcome, if you want to be in a relationship with a man of quality, if a man of respectability, uh, a man who is generative, a man who produces more than he consumes, a man who is king, basically, you need to position yourself for greatness. Order determines outcome. So based on that, you are making sure that you are conducting yourself in an orderly manner as a woman so that you can get the ideal outcome you're looking for. Like, literally, become the queen of the best king in the land, right? Why? Because you're the most beautiful woman in all of the land? Oh, that would make sense, right? You know, it's the concept of being equally yoked and having an equilibrium. That's the point of it. 
Well, you can't really do that if you're spending all of your time, you know, playing video games, going out with friends, having illicit sex, or um, spending all of your time in the library, or, uh, you know, doing a bunch of work, or, you know, you just don't have your priorities straight, right? And let's say because you haven't had your priorities straight, you know, you've let your body go, your waistline is increasing, and then your just beauty is fading. Because I mean, and, and that and that's that sucks because as women age, their beauty fades. Because men men age like they age like wine basically, but women age like milk, and that's a problem. Which means your beauty is going to fade over time. So you better make sure that you have all the humility and all the respectfulness in the world. Because if you lack both, I'm sorry, you're basically done. And it's very difficult for a man to be loving to someone such as you. So I suggest you consider humbling yourself and realizing that you're not all that in a bag of chips. And because of that, actually be willing to improve yourself and to position yourself for greatness. You cannot gain greatness. There's no such thing as being lucky. I was just in Vegas recently, and I see all these women just pushing the little button on the slot machine like a bunch of zombies. Durr, you know, and it's like, ooh, magical money's going to fall out of the sky. No, it's a lie, and they're believing the lie while they're at the casino. It's the most, it's the most, it's, it's the most, wow, it's just terrible. I, I literally can't even. Like, that's how horrible this is. You know, they're just spending their money away, pressing a button. There's no strategy to it. They're just pressing a button and hoping. Is that literally how we want to live our lives? How about taking life in your own hands and positioning yourself so you can attain greatness, so that you set your life into the order it needs to be, so that you can have the ideal outcome? You know, the outcome you dreamed of as a little girl? That'd be nice. Didn't you have dreams as a little girl? You know, having your nice wedding dress, you know, with a very, very respectable man, the man that you just absolutely adorn. Maybe you made a little list as a little girl of the top 10 items that you would like to see in your man. Has that man ever come in your life? Maybe he really has, but maybe he moved on because you were not positioned for greatness. There's an example of this in the Bible. This is the parable of the 10 virgins. The bridegroom was coming. And the ten virgins had their oil at their lamps. And that's how the bridegroom knew that they were available to him as he was coming to go pick up the virgins. And what, seven of them were, were irresponsible. They had a big party the previous night, but they weren't responsible enough to keep their uh, their oil lamps figured out. So only three of the virgins made off with the bridegroom, you know, the man and, uh, you know, the king, basically. And the others were left behind. Wow. That's really useful. That's because those virgins did not position themselves for greatness. Because they were selfish. Because they were arrogant. Because they lacked in humility. Remember, humility goes something like this. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather in sober judgment. Right? Or, look at it this way. Do not think of yourself too lowly. Or lowlier than you ought to, but rather with sober judgment. It's all about sober judgment, girls. It's all about sober judgment. Oh, but you keep, you know, comparing yourself to other women all the time. And, you know, because life is like, you know, to men, we're like, oh, life is this giant pie. And I'm just going to get my slice. I'm going to get my kingdom, you know. And then the women look at each other and they're like, well, why do you get that slice? What makes you so great? It's the most annoying thing in the world. And I would recommend like not doing that. Maybe you should humble yourself and realize that 
All you women out there have your own problems. And instead of trying to be better than that woman over there or better than that woman over there, how about you try and make sure that you prioritize what's actually important and becoming a better you, right? Order determines outcome. You must position yourself for greatness. If you do not position yourself for greatness, you will not be great. You will not get the bridegroom. You will not be chosen by the king. And you will be left as your beauty fades in misery, in a ditch for the rest of your life. And you will wake up middle-aged with absolutely nothing and wonder what happened. That is your future. Maybe that is your present. Maybe that's your past and you still haven't figured it out to this day. But do not be those people. This is your once-in-a-lifetime opportunity right now to completely turn that around. Because in this particular lecture, we're going to teach you how a queen becomes queen. And how to position yourself for greatness. And we're also going to teach you, basically, what happens when you are queen. And what does that mean for the kingdom? What does that mean for the king, basically? So, let's do a deep dive into that. Uh, so again, we, we talk about, you know, uh, you know, health, health and beauty, but it's even more than just health and beauty. It's humility, health and beauty, to be honest. Without humility, there's nothing. It takes a lot of humility because of how competitive, competitive women are with each other. And why don't you get that slice? Because of that, it takes a lot of humility for a woman to realize that she's not all that in a bag of chips, that maybe she's lacking in the beauty area and actually is willing to go to the gym and change how she eats, for example, and change her habits and change her behaviors because she's positioning herself for greatness because she's getting a better order in her life so that she can have a better outcome in her life, such as the way of being queen, right? In order to be chosen as a queen, you already need to be successful. You need to be queenly, basically, because if you're not queenly, then it's not going to happen. Let me tell you something. Women, when when men see you and you're not taking care of yourself, especially your body, uh, and it's not to say that that men are like super uh, uh, shallow about this. I, 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 feminism teaches that men are just shallow, you know, because all men care about is that fine ass and that nice pair of tits, you know, and it's like, no, actually it's not because... From a manly point of view, from the point of view of the mature masculine, when a king sees a woman who uh, is lacking in the beauty department, that tells him that she is irresponsible. It's not about men being shallow. It's about our responsibility detector, right? Because if a man is respectable, if a man is noble, right, that tells the woman that that man is responsible and definitely a man that she would be attracted to, right? But if a man is not attracted to a woman because that woman is lacking in beauty, maybe her waistline's too large, uh, maybe she has poor eating habits, maybe her hormones are off, maybe her thyroid is damaged, you know, maybe she's uh, she's dressing to get catcalled instead of uh, dressing respectfully, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe she's trying to garner unwanted attention and she doesn't even know. It. She's just trying. To, she's so starved for attention as a woman that she's willing to do anything for any attention. And then she'll take the attention of the man children. And then when the real men see that she's getting all the attention from the man children, they are completely uninterested and they move on. That's why, like you know, if you dress like a hooker and you go to a bar, you're going to attract you know exactly what you deserve. And it's definitely not going to be a man in his fullness as a king. That's not, you're not going to get a king. At worst, you'll get a high chair, at best, you get a high chair tyrant or a weakling. Good luck. Don't want to be the weakling, right? Don't want to be with the weakling, right? Huh? And the high chair tyrant, 
he'll just be unloving and he'll just, <laughs> you, he will enslave you basically. And that is your future and that is what you will get. But you have to do what is queenly, right? You have to take care of yourself. Remember, order determines outcome. I'm going to say that probably 50 more times in this lecture. Order determines outcome. It is absolutely crucial. And as long as you have the order and your life in order, you will get the outcome that you are trying to get. You will. I promise. This is a promise. You will get that. <sighs> so remember, what, what are queens? What, why are queens chosen? Well, they're chosen because they're responsible. And they're responsible. They take care of their health. They take care of their body. A queen is beautiful. A queen is fertile. That is why they are chosen to be queen, right? And if you are not, you know, and, and they're also humble, okay? You, you could give me the most fertile queen in the land. You can be the most uh, physically attractive queen in the land. But if she is arrogant, throw her out. A, a great example of this would be uh, Drew Barrymore in uh, the film Ever After. It's basically like a, uh, a Cinderella story. And her, uh, her oldest, uh, stepsister, who is the blonde, let's be honest, she's actually very attractive. She's very attractive. I'm sure she's very fertile. And she would have been a great candidate for the prince to make his queen. Uh, and, but to be honest, that didn't happen. So Drew Barrymore's character, let's be honest, she's blah, she's more plain. Uh, she doesn't have as much physical attractiveness as her blonde older stepsister, etc. Uh, but she has humility in spades and it just further adds to their beauty, to her beauty. And that is exactly what the prince was looking for. Absolutely. And then uh, when he found it, he fell in love with her and he was loving towards her and she respected him and they lived happily ever after, right? Oh wait, that's what the movie's called. That's the point, right? Because without humility, it doesn't work. It's not good enough to just have a fine ass and a nice pair of tits. It's not good enough because you are at risk of just being nothing more than a booty call, right? Because you have to have humility. You have to be respectful at the same time. So, you know, women are like, oh, you're so shallow or whatever. No, 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 no. Yes, you definitely have to have the physical beauty. Don't worry. You definitely have to. But you also have to have the humility and the respectfulness because they both go together. And that is what beauty is. Physical prettiness, etc. plus humility and respectfulness equals beauty. And that is what men are after. And let me tell you, there's a lot of ugly women out there. And I'm, and let me tell you, the ugliest women are arrogant. Or they're so undeniably self-deprecating, which also is a form of arrogance if you think about it. It's annoying. And it's like, wow, how can I as the king have any self-respect to be with such a self-deprecating woman? Or how can I as a king have any self-respect to be with this arrogant, like, wow. Like I said in a previous lecture, give me a Victoria's Secret model. She's got 17.5% body fat. She's like 9 out of 10 beauty without even trying, without even having makeup on, naked on my bed, demanding that I do sexual things to her, and I will throw her ass in the dumpster because she is arrogant, because she is conceited. I have no interest in that. And men who live in the mature masculine definitely have no interest in that kind of woman. Into the dumpster she goes. There is nothing queenly about that. So queen, you have to become queenly. You have to position yourself for greatness. So how do you do this? So let's talk about strategies. Let's talk about strategy. Let's say, let's say you're watching this lecture right now. Let's say, um, 
let's say you have about 38% body fat when you should be in around 18 to 22% body fat. So we just say about 20%. 20% body fat is like the, uh, probably the, the ideal, the most readily accepted body fat percentage for, um, for a woman. Uh, do not ever pay any attention to your weight. Do not pay any attention, uh, to, uh, your BMI. I mean, I, I know this woman who, uh, weighed like 200, uh, 250 pounds at one point in time. And, uh, she went down to 150 pounds, well, 148 pounds, and she is fine. Let me tell you, right? She is absolutely fine. Uh, you know, like, like bikini body, the whole nine yards, right? Absolutely dope and full of humility because she used to be the fat girl and, you know, and she's suffered in her life and she's, she's had to be able to rise above it, right? Well, you know, you don't have to be 110, 115 pounds. There are women out there with 20% body fat at 148 pounds with really good amount of muscle on them. They look absolutely dope. So don't get concerned about the semantics of, you know, what your weight should be. Body fat percentage is king. There is nothing more important than body fat percentage when it comes to evaluating your physique. Basically, now of course you could talk about sculpting and other things like that, but you can find strategies for that, you know, as as you need. There's a there's there's a book called Strong Sculpting for Women after you've reached your uh, body fat percentage to further optimize uh, your muscles, etc. Then yeah, definitely go in that book. But we're not talking about today. We're talking about the basics of how to position yourself for greatness and how to take care of your beauty. So let's say you're very overweight. Let's say that you have no energy. Your hair is falling out which means your thyroid is terrible, uh, you, you're potentially, you know, developing multiple sclerosis, you don't know, you haven't received your diagnosis, and you're 35 years old, you don't, you haven't even had a child yet, and you're just absolutely going out of your mind, and throwing yourself at men, and the only men that you're able to attract are man children, and it is absolutely terrible, what do you do? How the hell is someone like me going to become queen? Let me tell you, the answer is hard work. But, we can tell you what things that you could do to get to you to where you need. So step one, ignore men entirely and focus on you. Focus on giving yourself the proper order. That is step one, okay? Prioritize the right thing. Step two, okay? Step two is you have got to get your food under control. So you need to start reading. You start reading. So read these two books. The first book is Deep Nutrition by Dr. Katherine Shanahan. Deep Nutrition by Dr. Katherine Shanahan. This will at least tell you why it's important, especially for women, why it is important to eat proper foods. And the answer is epigenetics. Did you know that every bite of food that you take changes your genes in real time and activates good genes or bad genes in real time through moving through the epigenetic genome available to you as a woman? Yeah, Dr. Katherine Shanahan talks about that. Read her book. The next book that you need to read, another diet book basically, is called The Perfect Health Diet by Dr. Paul Jaminet. Dr. Paul Jaminet is also endorsed by John Brisson, who uh, is the uh, uh, lead content director over at FixYourGut.com. He also wrote the book Fix Your Gut and Fix Your Mitochondria. Definitely an awesome dude. Saved my life. Uh, saved uh, my woman's life as well. Uh, like she used to have brain tumors and uh, she no longer has brain tumors anymore. Thank you, John. Uh, but so he's endorsed. So Dr. Paul Jaminet is endorsed, uh, heavily endorsed. He is fantastic. Get his book. And no, I'm not getting paid to say any of this, by the way. I'm being real here. These are actual resources that have produced actual results for women and helping them get their beauty along. Okay. So make sure you read those two books. The third book that every woman needs to read is Stop 
the thyroid madness. I don't care if you don't have Hashimoto's. I don't care if your thyroid is absolutely perfect. I don't care if your TSH levels are perfect. Every single woman that walks the earth must read this book. Stop the thyroid madness. You have to read this book. So you read those three books and they will be excellent resources to kind of start you to get your mind where it needs to be in terms of food and food management, right? It's super important that you do this. If you are a woman who has any inkling of self-respect, you need to do this. Because remember, what is self-respect? Because, you know, you can't even get into the mature feminine until you have the four pillars of self-intimacy. Because you need the four pillars of self-intimacy to have self-respect, right? So what is that? Take responsibility for meeting your own needs. You know, read. Identify what your needs are. Oh, I should, my, I need to be around, you know, 18 to 22% body fat. By the way, don't forget that Victoria's Secret models, they're like 17.5%. So I'm not exactly requiring or asking women to like go that far. It's not that necessary. 18 to 22% is just fine. It like, and I mean, and when I, when I say fine, I mean fine, if you know what I mean, from like the perspective of a man, especially an SI user, because an SI user would be able to tell potentially even more so than an SE user. Because we just know what we like. We know the sensation that we like to receive from other women, for sure. More so than potentially SE users, because SE users are trying to give an experience to a woman, whereas an SI man is trying to receive an experience from a woman, right? So 18 to 22%. I'm not asking you to be freaking Barbie or stick figure petite woman person. That's not what I'm asking. I'm trying to get you into the area of body fat that you need to be so that you can have the beauty that you need to be you know, the physical beauty you need to be on top of the humility that you need, right? So let's talk about humility, right? Another book you need to read is Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerich. You have, uh, I think he's a doctor. You got to read that book as well because it will teach you the importance of humility in relationships. It's called Love and Respect. It is, it is, written, it is written for uh, intimate relationships and it helps you identify you know, where you are at in the humility spectrum, if you're lacking in humility or respectfulness and what you need to do to get there. I highly recommend that book as well. Okay. So while you're reading all of that, you're taking responsibility for meeting your own needs. You're developing personal standards within yourself. So you force yourself to keep meeting your own needs. And then you have personal boundaries so that you force other people to not inhibit you from meeting your own needs. And then you have personal goals, right? And personal goals is to set up the order of your life to get a better outcome, right? Order determines outcome. Super important. So the queen is fertile. The queen is beautiful. The queen is getting health. Okay. And we talked about reading and that's great. Those are awesome. So the next thing you need to do, go to eat2perform.com. Eat2perform.com. ETP. It's like an app. It's like, it's like $10 a week. I mean, they even have like a sales funnel, which is like 17 and a half bucks a month somewhere. I might even post that link in the description of this lecture, but uh, yeah, actually I will. I'll post it for y'all. Um, go to eat2perform.com. No, I'm not getting paid for that either. I'm not getting paid for any of this. I'm just informing you. So what they do is is that you get a you get a coach that tells you exactly how much food you should be eating every day, and it changes every single day. It's different, right? And they have this amazing algorithm specifically geared to fat loss and muscle gain and getting to you to where you need. And they tell you how much fat, protein, carbohydrates, and even sodium, as well as how many steps you need to be getting a day, right? And why? And by the way, while you're doing it to perform, get yourself a Fitbit HR so that you can keep track of your steps or an Apple Watch. Either one are c compatible. And then you do it in conjunction with MyFitnessPal. 
And what you have to do is buy a food scale and a graduated cylinder, measure everything out in grams and liters for your food. Oh, but C.S. Joseph, that's really high effort. I don't think I ever want to do that. I'm like, well, if you're endomorphic, which because there's ectomorphs, you know, surfboard people, uh, mesomorphs, you know, the uh, genetic elite and the endomorphs, which are the people that just seem to be fat all the time for no reason, especially if you're endomorphic, you probably should figure that out. If you're ectomorphic, well, you still need to do this because you need to gain muscle because it really brings out your beauty when you have good muscle. Anyway, ectomorphs, right? So make sure you are doing these things. It's super, super important. Eat2perform.com. You got my fitness pal. You'll actually literally create like recipes of foods and meals that you already have. You program them in as meals in your my fitness pal and you measure things out and you make adjustments every day. Guess what? Anytime you do it for the first day, you get to save those meals and you could do those meals again the next day or perhaps you do a whole week of meals. But guess what? You can rinse and repeat and mix and match those meals. So all of the work that you do in my fitness pal, you don't have to do all that planning effort again. And it actually compounds and saves time over time. So then all that hard work of measuring food and designing your meals and having a meal plan or whatever goes away because it's already pre-programmed into your my fitness pal. And then it's just drag and drop. And you're good to go. You don't even have to worry about it. And then you're meeting your macros. The coach with Eat to Perform loves you. And you're definitely seeing uh, your weight on the scale go down. You're seeing your body fat percentage go down, which, by the way, from Amazon.com, to measure body fat, you want the AccuMeasure calipers. You need to buy those. They're like 8 bucks. So seriously, they're the dopest and the most accurate way currently known to mankind to measure body fat. Okay, yeah, those of you that like DEXA scans, great. Why don't you just expose your body to, uh, you know, uh, huge amounts of radiation? That's useful. Or, oh, but what about hydrostatic testing? I mean, yeah, there's some studies that say it's okay, but there's also some studies that say there's, it's not as accurate. So correlation is not causation. So I'm not necessarily going to believe that that's like, you know, the de facto way of doing it, right? So eat2perform.com to get your food under control and then the diet choices that you make for eat2perform.com within my fitness pal, you just have to focus on following the perfect health diet and deep nutrition for, you know, the way of thinking with how to eat the types of foods you should be targeting while you design your meals, basically. And remember, 10,000 steps a day, minimum, preferably 15 to 20,000 steps a day because walking is the number one way to lose fat. There is no other exercise better than walking than for fat loss. It is absolutely crucial. Yes, you can make an argument that lifting and hypertrophy also was really great for fat loss. And, and yes, I would agree with that as well, but walking is still better. So even if you just didn't even go to the gym, you could Basically make some huge improvements without going to the gym, doing eat to perform plus walking where the going to the gym may be optional. But if you want to go further, you want to optimize yourself, you want to get even higher beauty to try to be chosen by a higher quality king. Sure. Go for it. Absolutely. Oh, but those kings are really shallow. You know, I, they should be caring about my, my personality more than my ass. And it's like, okay, yeah, but I'm sorry, but those super high quality kings, I mean, look, let's think about it. Tom Brady, who is he with? Oh, Giselle. Oh, a Victoria's Secret model. Oh, he's got all the esteem in the world. He's got all the nobility in the world, right? Is he shallow? No, he has proper personal standards that are equivalent to like the level of esteem that he has. Oh, because... To him, and to all men, a beautiful woman, a woman who takes care of her body, a woman who has self-respect, means that she is responsible, right? 
Otherwise, men just see him as irresponsible and dumpster. You gotta, you gotta see that, right? People are equally yoked in that way, right? It's not about being shallow. It's about being real, guys. I'm being real with you here, you know? So you got your Eat to Perform going. If you want to go to the gym, I recommend Stronglifts 5x5. It's an app you can download on your phone. Uh, for women, though, I recommend you do you do what it says, but 3x5. And then you also need to figure out a, a, a hypertrophy version of 3x5, which is it's, it's just less weight and higher reps. That's all that is. Uh, I'll, be, I'll probably be releasing a lifting schedule. And I might post it either on my website or in the description of this lecture at a later date. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, and if I do, I'll mention it in, an, in a subsequent lecture. Uh, but yes, there, we, there is an actual lifting schedule that you could do, but it's based on Stronglist 5x5. So just use the app to start and you'll be off to a great start. So that's, there you go. We've talked about your food. We've talked about your uh, about the gym and lifting and exercise and walking. Awesome. And, and, the, and the books you need to read. And now let's talk about hormones. Your thyroid. It is absolutely crucial that your thyroid is operating properly, but a lot of women don't even realize that their thyroid is actually potentially going hypothyroid because we live in such a toxic society within first world society that uh, the thyroid ends up being absolutely terrible and we don't even know it. And guess what? Measuring your TSH on your blood test is not an indicator if your thyroid is bad or not, just so you know, because you could still have thyroid symptoms like, oh, my hair is falling out or where, oh, I'm really cold all the time and it's 85 degrees outside, but I have to wear a coat inside. Or, oh, I have no energy at all. Yeah, it's because your thyroid is low. Go fix it. Did you know how easy it is to fix thyroid? It's literally just a pill that you take. And I'm not talking about synthetic pills like Synthroid. I'm talking like natural thyroid, um, you know, like desiccated thyroid from animals, basically. Like pig's thyroid, for example. And you take a pill, basically, that contains that. And it ups your thyroid production, you know, and it's very important. How, why does thyroid go down? Well, it basically goes down because of your gut health. Do you have a virus like varicella, uh, varicella, uh, or do you have a do you have um, a bacterial overgrowth like H. pylori? H. pylori uh, it seems to be based on current studies is the cause of multiple sclerosis, right? And it breaks the blood-brain barrier and infests your brain, and then you get lesions on your brain, which causes your 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 uh, limbs to not work because of H. pylori. If you have MS, you want to reduce your MS symptoms, maybe you should just focus on killing all the H. pylori in your system and reducing it, and then maybe you'd have like less symptoms, right? Or varicella. Varicella can infest the central nervous system in the same way the H. pylori can infest the brain and also cause your limbs to not work either. Varicella. And varicella, you could take lysine to combat varicella because varicella eats the amino acid arginine and then... By taking lysine, it binds to the arginine so that the varicella can't eat the arginine so that they end up starving. And then as a result, your immune system has the ability to combat the varicella a lot easier, right? And, oh, by the way, varicella has been linked to things like, uh, you know, Alzheimer's. So maybe you should be aware of that. And by the way, you have varicella if you've had chicken pox, just so you know. You know, there's other various forms of varicella viruses out there as well, like like mouth herpes, for example. That's that's another example. So just be aware of these risks, right? And, and and even further than that, you know, your thyroid and whatnot, then your hormone regulation goes down. And what happens when a woman becomes estrogen dominant? Well, she just gets fat, basically. And then her progesterone goes down, which inhibits her ability to have implantation you know, and thus she's not pregnant and, or in, or unable to become pregnant or the woman is basically lacking in fertility. Oh, wait, we just said that queens were fertile. That would be a problem, right? Yeah, 
you know, so maybe you should get that fixed. So you need to optimize your hormones. So how do you optimize your hormones? For one, get your thyroid checked and get the proper thyroid treatment. That is number one. Number two, you need to optimize your estrogen, your progesterone, and your testosterone. Yes, that's right, women. I'm talking about testosterone. And let's talk about the testosterone first. If you're estrogen dominant, chances are your testosterone is super low and obviously your progesterone is super low. That is a problem. So to get the proper testosterone treatment, you need to get BioT testosterone pellets. They are inserted in your subcutaneous fat and it gives you uh, the testosterone that a female needs and they definitely do need testosterone. People that say that women don't need testosterone, they're, they're, they're retarded and they're bio-identical. These testosterone pellets are bio-identical. It means that you're not going to get cancer when you take them, etc. And you're not going to like turn into men or anything like that. They're actually like super healthy for you and your aging will go down. I know this one doctor, for example, who's like in her 70s and her youngest daughter is 21 years old. Wow. Did I mention that she's like very fine? I mean, like she is fine for her age. Let me tell you. It's like, wow, you look like you're 52 years old when in reality she's in her 70s. That is unbelievable. And yes, I've, I've seen this person and I've hired her. She's absolutely fantastic. Bio-T, B-I-O-T-E, testosterone pellets. They are bio-identical. You need to get on that treatment. Just find a doctor, shop around, get it done, pay cash, you're good to go. It's not covered by insurance, and it will reduce your aging. Remember how you age like milk? It will lower your aging. It will also give you the ability to have, <laughs> it's a lot easier for you to have orgasms in the bedroom on this stuff. Let me tell you, like it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to have orgasms. Uh, optimize your progesterone. Uh, the ideal form of a, of a, a birth control out there is nothing synthetic. Uh, what you should be doing is doing 200 milligrams of uh, progesterone at night. And by the way, I'm not a doctor, so don't like take this as medical advice, like hashtag disclaimer and whatnot. Hire a professional, and I'll tell you the professionals to hire in a minute so that you know who to talk to. Uh, so 200 milligrams of progesterone every night before bed. And then uh, that's like the ideal, and it's bioidentical, by the way, not synthetic. And that is the ideal way to basically, you know, have birth control. So you're not going to like mess up your body with other forms of birth control. I know this one kind of birth control that made this woman uh, that I know that her, all of her hair fell out, basically. It was like the worst thing I've ever seen. She was literally balding right before my eyes. It was unbelievable. It, it was scary. So if you want to like have healthy birth control, get bioidentical progesterone, 200 milligrams-ish, depending on like, I don't know what the dose would change based on your woman and whatnot. Again, not medical advice, uh, but that's a better form of birth control and it would, and it would potentially balance your hormones even further. Uh, and then obviously with estrogen, maybe your estrogen is too low, maybe it's too high. Depending on what that is, the medical professional that you would hire would be able to tell you and help you figure that out. So... Once you have your food handled, your exercise handled, your thyroid handled, and your hormones optimized, guess what? It's super easy to get to 20% body fat. Super easy. Like, it could happen within six months to a year. And you're completely, and you're 35 years old, by the time you're 36, you are so fine, and you got super high quality men coming after you all the time. Or, maybe it gives you the ability to initiate with the men that you like, and then you're able to have relationships with them. And then eventually that could potentially lead to them choosing you to be their queen, right? Because you have good order in your life. Because order determines outcome. You have positioned yourself 
for greatness because you were telling all of the kings of the world that, hey, I am a responsible woman. And hey, I am the woman that does not apply to that statistic where after I get married, I have a 70% chance of, or, or 80% chance of my waistline exploding by like 6 to 12 inches. Yeah, did you know that? Did you know that's one of the reasons why men have a hard time committing to women, especially in marriage? Because statistically, as soon as people get married, they get fat. And what man wants, like, what, what king, what respectable king wants his woman to get fat? Yeah, none of them. Like, seriously, none of them. Don't do that. Uh, a woman letting her body go is, like, super disrespectful. And in my opinion, it is grounds for throwing her in the dumpster. Yeah, seriously. Because it is disrespectful. Because it makes her lovable. Beauty is about being lovable, right? Because nobility is about being respectable. And women are attracted to men who are noble, who have the mature masculine, right? Who are esteemed, right? Who are respectable, right? And men are attracted to beautiful women. If there's no beauty there, it's over, right? But don't forget, humility is a component of beauty. You know, the, your physique is not the end-all, be-all, but you have to have the physique and you have to have the humility. And you're like, well, what if I age and it all goes away? Well, I mean, if you're doing the proper testosterone and, uh, and hormone therapies necessary, you're keeping your thyroid going and you do not stop with the food stuff and you do not stop with the exercise stuff for the rest of your life, you could potentially have a 21-year-old daughter in your 70s. Think about that. That's like super freaking awesome. Like... That, those things exist. Okay, so let's talk about, like, professionals. Another book to read, The Hormone Secret, Dr. Tammy Moralia, uh, The Hormone Cure by Dr. Sarah Gottfried, and then also uh, Dr. Barbara Mack out of Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Dr. Tammy Moralia is out of uh, Seattle, Washington. It's kind of interesting. They're all in Washington State. Hire these doctors, and they will get you on the proper therapies. I, I can vouch for Dr. Tammy Moralia. I have been a customer of hers. I, I can vouch for Dr. Barbara Mack. I have been a customer of hers. They are absolutely fantastic in health and wellness and uh, reducing your aging, age reduction. And I've seen it work fantastically for women in my life. And I've seen it reverse a lot of their physical ailments, especially chronic illness, because they literally did everything. They, they focused on trying to make themselves beautiful. And then all of a sudden, their, their chronic illnesses are disappearing. It's like, what? You know? Seriously, super mega important. You have to invest in these areas and spend time in these areas. Even if you're an INTP woman watching this, you know, like if you really want to like be with a man who is constantly asking you what you think all the time, constantly devoted to giving you a good experience, a man worth being loyal to, a man that will always tell you what he wants to do before he does it so you always feel safe, a man that will feel good about how supportive you are at all times, you know what I mean? I'm not telling you that you, like, because cause even if you don't have that great a fashion sense, chances are you're going to end up with an, SI, an SE user who has the fashion sense and can train you and have better fashion sense. But if you have the natural physique, it doesn't matter what you wear. It makes you desirable anyway, INTPs. So, like, seriously, don't worry about that. It's funny, all these uh, female uh, lectures I do, I, the first people that complain are the INTP women because they're like, well, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to get that. And it's like, yes, you are. You have to have self-discipline because introverted sensing child is about self-discipline, right? If you're an SI user, you need self-discipline. You literally have to force yourself and change your habits to do this and live life this way. Or if you're an NI user, it's all about willpower. You literally have to want to do this. 
and get up every day and have the desire and keep the fire in you to keep wanting to do this because you know the type of man you want to attract, for example. That's what it's all about. Position yourself for greatness. Become queen by being chosen by the king. Position yourself for greatness. Order determines outcome. Become queen because you are queenly. Because you are showing and demonstrating to these awesome men out there that actually really do exist that you are an awesome, responsible, and respectful woman who has self-respect, who has the four pillars of self-intimacy mastered, and you know their needs, faith, family, fitness, finance, and friends, their standards, their boundaries, their goals, and they have the queen archetype. That's what it is to become queen. Now let's talk about what it is to be queen. Wow. 45 minutes in. This has definitely been a great lecture. Let's keep going. So what is, uh, what is it a queen? So let's say that you've got, you've got your beauty going and, uh, you know, and, uh, potentially you have some Kings around. You need to find the King that is worthy of you. You have to find the King that is worthy, worthy of you. And he needs to be respectable. He needs to have, uh, be generative he needs to be producing more than he consumes. If he doesn't have his own place, his own job, his own vehicle, get rid of him. Like seriously, he has to be completely 100% independent of you to the point where he doesn't even need any money. Like even if you have a job and whatnot, he doesn't even need it because he's perfectly fine on his own. He doesn't need any of that. And he's and he, and he has his own kingdom. He has his own castle. And he's able to take on subjects and you would be his first subject as his queen, right? Because he is the king and he would chose you. Make sure that the king that you allow to choose you is worthy of you. So you understand the archetype of the mature masculine and you understand the four pillars of self-intimacy and you are holding him accountable to that as well. Also watch my playlist on how intimate relationships actually work. That will provide you with additional standards with which you can hold your men accountable. And if they are not, if they are not following those rules or those ways of how to live life in your relationship, throw them in the dumpster into the dumpster get rid of them like you would be better off and more happy with a better man you know a man like who isn't actually like a king you know you'd be way better off with someone like that instead of all this other crap do not waste your time do not waste your time right because i guarantee you women men are not going to waste their time on you especially like you know if you're huge and aged and flabby and lacking in self-respect and just trying to get the men to cat call you and going after man children instead of positioning yourself for greatness make sure you position yourself for greatness order determines outcome said it again so uh after you've been chosen to be queen and you are now the queen of the kingdom you are now the steward of the kingdom and because the man as the king he's generated right he's producing more than he consumes and he's giving you he's literally giving you the resources he's giving them to you and you get to distribute those resources within the kingdom this is like for example like the relationship that i'm in with my woman she manages my home she manages the house she has full power and authority to do whatever she wants now so she wants to move furniture around she can move furniture around if she wants to change uh, our closets around she can do that if she wants to hang up photos she could do that it does it does not matter she has full authority to do whatever she wants in the castle because that's a little thing to me you know little things versus big things i'm focused on the big things like running a business uh handling my job uh raising my children you know being an example as a father to them uh being a patriarch within my family as well as potentially as someone who's respected amongst uh, amongst the city and my peers 
and uh, and anything that I do within my community, etc. Those are the things that I'm focused on. Well, she's handling the home. She's handling the kingdom, etc. So she is a steward of the kingdom. And she is focused on safety and well-being, right? And she does not drink the cup of idleness. That is actually biblical. It's from uh, Proverbs chapter 31, the sayings of, of Lemuel, of King Lemuel. And it talks about the wife of noble character. The wife of noble character, if you read that in Proverbs chapter 31, it literally is verbatim the definition of the queen archetype for the mature feminine. It is literally the definition. You, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, right? So check it out. Like You go to like BibleGateway.com, do Proverbs 31, and read it yourself if you want to. Uh, maybe I'll put that link in the description. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah. Women, these women as queens, they are not idle, right? They're even able to invest some of the king's, the kingdom's resources into other things. Maybe to potentially do real estate investing. I don't know. Maybe to flip, uh, to flip things uh, on eBay. I have no idea. But they're able to extend the resources produced by the king within the kingdom, distribute it amongst the subjects as necessary, as well invest in other areas to potentially even bring in more resources for resources for the kingdom, right? And uh, it's all about management and execution of the resources. And this is why queens who are very responsible are very good at budgeting. You have to be able to budget. Obviously, men already by default need to be amazing at budgeting. But sometimes they're budgeting more than just their home. They're budgeting their company, right? For example, they're budgeting other aspects and uh, or, or maybe uh, uh, charities, etc. Who knows? It's, it's outside of their home, right? So women... As queens, you need to be prepared to be able to budget for the kingdom, just in case. In case your king has decided if that's your territory to budget, you would need to be responsible. So, which case, you would have to use like everydollar.com, an amazing budgeting tool uh, with Dave Ramsey's recommended budgeting tools. And no, he's not paying me to say that either. It just works. I've done it myself. You know, I went from $120,000 in debt and I'm down to like probably just over 35. So I think I'm doing pretty good with that. You know what I mean? Eventually I'll be debt free and then I'll like buy my own home. That's why I'm filming here, you know, in an apartment right now because I'm going places, but I'm not going to go there until I have all my debt paid off because a king with debt, not exactly the best thing. If you know what I mean, I do not recommend it. And yeah, if your king has debt, you know, if he's increasing debt, that's grounds for you to lose respect for him, by the way. And dumpster, seriously, don't go for that. It's not good to have debt. And if you have a spending problem, you have more than just a spending problem, let me tell you. Remember, you have to be responsible. You have to be respectful, including when it comes to managing dollars and cents. That's one of the aspects of humility, right? So make sure you are making that decision on top of keeping track of your, your prettiness or your, your physique, etc. For the sake of having that humility and physique combined together to have beauty for your king, right? So remember... Management and execution of, for, of resources, that is what uh, the, the queen does, and she does it for the sake of the subjects. Like, subjects would be children, right? So I have two children, and the queen handles, you know, the children and, and makes sure that they're fed, they're clothed, they have everything for their cars, their education is handled, their education is paid for, the mail is handled, anything that, uh, you know, that, that needs to be signed and dated for the children, it's all handled, right? Because they are managing and executing the resources of the kingdom for the sake of the subjects. Subjects are not just children. They could be other family members. They could be extended family members. They could be in-laws. They could be parents, for example, parents of the king or your parents. 
those are potential subjects because people get old, they get elderly, they need to be taken care of. So guess what? They become a subject of your kingdom. And when you or your or your king was also a subject of, of their kingdoms, etc. So you have to give back to them, right? You have to give back to them. And then, you know, they're part of your kingdom, provided you like, you know, you have a good relationship with them. That that would be nice if not, or, or provided they're like alive too. And I mean, if not, okay, fair enough. But if they are go out of your way to like at least learn type and understand their nature and understand who they are and then like forgive them for being horrible you know what i mean if they were horrible to you uh or 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 celebrate them in some way shape or form because you know uh, if you honor your mother and father you will definitely have a good and long life i mean that is a commandment with a promise right so anyway also another aspect of the queen is being all about care uh being caring and for the poor and the needy right so apparently there's 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 other kingdoms out there that may need your help. And it's the responsibility of the king to interface with the men of other kingdoms and be diplomatic and have diplomatic relationships uh, with other kings, with other kingdoms, etc. But if you find that there are subjects of other kingdoms that are in need, you need to definitely step up, get some resources together, and go to them and help them in their needy. Now, this is not me saying that you should be giving money to the panhandler on the side of the street. In fact, you should shun them entirely. Because if they are able-bodied, there is nothing stopping them from going down to McDonald's and getting a job, like what they should be doing, right? Otherwise, they're just manipulating you into giving them money on the side of the street. Besides, a shot of heroin costs five bucks. What business do you have enabling these people? You're actually harming them by giving them money. Do not do this, right? Now, if they're like a disabled veteran, that's a different story. You know what I mean? But just be wise. Be wise with who you give to. Perhaps you're involved in a church or some type of community act, uh, activism group, and you know that there's some actual needy people, or maybe you're putting together a Christmas gifts to be sent to Africa. It doesn't matter. It is the responsibility of the queen to take care of the poor and the needy. It is absolutely important. So another component of the queen is to respectfully support the king and to make sure that she challenges the king in such a way while being respectful, by the way, you cannot be disrespectful at all. That is not allowed. That is not, that is not very queenly at all, but you need to keep the king focused on producing more than he consumes, right? You do not want the king to slip into idleness, right? You don't want the king to lose nobility. You don't want the king to lose respectability. You need to protect his reputation, even from himself. And you have to be willing to criticize him. That you're beautiful and you're respectful and he has every reason in the world to listen to you. And you're not being like a nag, you know what I mean? But you're, he's listening to you and uh, he's able to hear your words and he realizes, oh yeah, you're right. I'm really screwing up in this area. My bad. And then he changes. All because you are able to challenge him in that way in a respectful manner. That is one of the highest roles of the queen. Absolutely important. So let's talk about some examples of queens uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, like of archetypes of the other side, the shadow archetypes of the queen archetype. So one of them is the tyrant. So a queen tyrant. Uh, the best example, um, I'm not going to go into really too much detail because this lecture is coming up on an hour here, but the best example of uh, the tyrant queen is in Game of Thrones. Queen Cersei Lannister, especially like in season, at the end of season six, where she bombed all of the, all of the competition, just killed all those people, and she became the queen, and she's literally psychotic. You know what I mean? But she is a tyrant. Absolute about control and oppression, nagging, all about what she wants, selfish to the bitter end. And she is a representation of the tyrant queen archetype. 
So conversely, there's the weakling queen archetype, which is, uh, um, what's a good example of that? I mean, like King Tommen was like a child. He was, he was a weakling as well. Um, oh, uh, actually from history, uh, from history, there's a great example of a weak queen. That's Marie Antoinette, the final queen of France. Uh, she was beheaded. She was so out of touch. She was so out of touch with the king. So out of touch with the with the um, with the uh, the subjects of the kingdom that when the kingdom rebelled and they were under revolution, she's just like, "Why are the people rebelling? They should just eat cake." That's how out of touch she was because eating cake apparently to her just solves all the problems in the world, and she was that way and of that mindset to the guillotine. She didn't even have the realization that she screwed up until after her head fell in the basket. That's how out of touch she was. That is the example of the weakling queen. You do not want to be that. Back to Game of Thrones. An example of a queen that is in her fullness. A queen that is beautiful. A queen who is respectful. A queen who has the physique. Queen Marjorie in Game of Thrones. (coughs) Sorry about that. Queen Marjorie. So focused on the subjects. So focused on their spirituality, so focused on the resources and distributing the resources and being giving and about giving life and being supportive and about leading the subjects and leading the kingdom and organizing the kingdom as such so that the king can focus on other kingly things, you know, like diplomacy and, and, and you know, managing the kingdom from a high level while she's managing it from a low level, right? And that's absolutely fantastic. And I loved how they uh, depicted Queen Marjorie. She was absolutely the best example of a queen in that television show, Game of Thrones. And it's too bad they killed her off because she was absolutely my favorite. She was a great example of what any woman could aspire to become just like her as a queen. Even if you're an ENTJ um, ENTJ woman with resting bitch face, which, by the way, I, I find that really endearing. And, uh, and INTJ women, too. Like, I get NTJs have resting bitch face, but I love it. And I think it's absolutely awesome because I have all of the opportunity in the world to turn that around and create a smile on them because making them smile... Uh, it makes me very happy. The NJs, I mean, sorry, NJs end up having resting bitch face all the time, but I just have to come by and just, you know, uh, wink at them or something, and it, it makes it all better, and, and I absolutely love that. But anyway, uh, tangent, uh, Queen Marjorie, she was an excellent example of what the queen archetype should be. So if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, I recommend you watch that and watch every episode with Queen Marjorie in it, or Marjorie before she comes queen, and, and whatnot, and it is absolutely She's absolutely great. Not only is she gorgeous, but she's also very respectful. She never disrespects her her king. Uh, even, even if he doesn't deserve it, most of the time he doesn't deserve it. But she handles it. And guess what? She earns the title of queen. And she really interfaces with the people and is able to command their heart, uh, you know, command, uh, uh, command their love. And, uh, you know, at the snap of her finger. And it's because they all love her. And because she is a queen in her fullness. And that is the kind of queen that you as women should definitely seek to become. You have to put your life in order because order determines outcome. You have to position yourself for greatness. Embrace humility. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather in sober judgment. Do not think of yourself more lowly than you ought to, but rather in sober judgment. Understand humility and the power of humility. It's like a cloak. That protects you because if you are acting in humility, people are not there in your life to tear you down. They will actually raise you up, especially kings.
And that's one of the reasons why you're so attractive to kings because they will see you and they will raise you up because you are that beautiful to them. And obviously take care of your physique because it shows that you're responsible. It shows that you're definitely someone that deserves to have the title and the crown of queen and the ring, of course, because that's the truth. And make sure always that your king is worthy of you. Have self-respect. Become the queen archetype of the mature feminine. And I guarantee you, your dreams, especially the dreams that you had as a little girl, will come true. If you found this lecture to be useful, helpful, educational, insightful, enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and on the podcast. Also leave a like while you're at it. If you have any questions about the queen archetype, please leave it in the, uh, the comment section below and I will get to your questions. I go out of my way to read every comment on this channel. If you haven't already joined our Discord server, please join Discord. I do live Q&A sessions from Discord and give the community the opportunity to leave questions on our Discord server as well. And if you're in the Bay Area and you want to uh, join our meetup group, the link is in the description so that you can just go ahead and join our meetup group and we'll be seeing me live as well as other people in our group live once or twice a month uh, doing monologues, lectures, or just hanging out, having coffee, who knows, or, or having a meal together, or who knows, we'll just be hanging out and, uh, you know, uh, uh, really uh, contributing to each other and potentially helping our, our community here in the Bay Area as well, so... Awesome. That was a bit long at one hour now. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this one. And uh, with all that being said, I'll see you guys tonight.